Today we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 to 15. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him, you are also circumcised, in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This is the word of God. Please be seated. Thank you, Faye, and thanks, Joseph. Good stuff. After that, scripture, one of my favorite in Colossians. I love that, the whole book. It's uh, pretty self-explanatory. Paul has written us a, a letter that's fairly easy to understand, which makes it uh, a joy to preach it, too. So I'll confess I've had a long week, a uh, hard week, um, there's no PowerPoint this morning. It's just going to be uh, God's message through this voice box. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that uh, is not too much of a change. Um, I didn't get a chance to finish my outline, and then I was up late last night finishing my sermon. So I am sure that uh, this message is the one that God has for us today. So hopefully... Um, Hopefully we're all encouraged, challenged uh, by God's word this morning. So I'm going to pray as we get started, and uh, hopefully our hearts and minds are ready to receive the word of God. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your word. God, I know that above all, your spirit is the one that changes people's lives. I was reminded that this morning by Pastor Ken as we prayed for the service. God, I know that it's a privilege to have the word the teachings of Jesus in our hands so that we can at any time read the things that you have for people, words that change people's lives. God, I thank you for the letter to the Colossians. I pray that your message this morning would be challenging. Some of us need to be reminded of some of the truths that we've been taught before. Some of us need to hear for the first time the truth that once we do have Jesus, we have everything we need. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be a vessel, and I pray that as John the Baptist said, that I would decrease so that you could increase. Jesus, this morning, we ask you to open our hearts and our minds and help us to walk out of here this afternoon being confident and assured 
that we are complete in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our King, and our Savior. In his name I pray. Amen. All right. There was a movie I saw a long time ago and then recently. And in this movie, there is a sports agent. And this sports agent falls in love with a girl. And it's one of these movies where they try to mix uh, sports with love to try and get the guy and the girl both to go to the theater and, and enjoy the story. And, and then in this movie, through a lot of ups and downs in life, there, there comes a, a pinnacle point in the life of this young man and this young woman. And this young man shows up in the middle of a book study, a Bible study. And all the ladies are around reading the Bible and the, studying their book. And he walks into the room, and it's kind of awkward, and there's silence. And, and he walks in, and it's very emotional. He says, we live in a cynical, cynical world full of, full of, and he starts to break down. And this lady, she stands up and she tells him, shut up, shut up. You had me at hello. And he looks at her and he says, I love you. You complete me. And it's very powerful. And it warms your heart and it makes you feel good that two people could love each other and come together and be complete. And, and Hollywood makes it seem so easy, don't they? All you need to be complete is a significant other. If you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife, then you're going to be complete. And actually, there's a part inside of all of us that want to believe that. Because it sounds very romantic to say that when I meet the person of my dreams, my soulmate, my life is going to be complete. I will be whole. And that's what a lot of people try to do, right? They, they try to meet the right person and marry the right person and they can become a complete person. And so they get married and, and as wonderful as marriage is, they find out maybe soon, maybe later, but they find out that there's still a part that's, that's missing. There's still something inside that's not quite complete. So then you begin to look for something else. Well, then if it ain't marriage, then what is it? And we fall into this trap of looking for people who seem to be happy, seem to have it all together, and we look at them and, and we want to copy their life so we can be happy too. For example, if they have children, then that kind of registers in the brain, click, click, all right, I need to have children. So they want to have a family, and, and then they'll, they'll be complete. They'll be whole. And so many people jump on that great adventure of having kids and having a family, and it's great. I mean, there's a lot of joy, and, and there's a lot of laughter, and there's a lot of learning, and crying, and dirty diapers, and spitting up, and throwing up, and cleaning up, and staying up. And it's all good, right parents? It's fun. I mean, you enjoy all of it. But then it hits you. It hits you that there's something more to life than just kids for me to be complete. 
And so people go in search of many other things to make them feel complete. Maybe they, they look for the perfect job or maybe a bigger house, a better house. Maybe they start a new hobby, a new way of living, new activities. If, if maybe if I get that cabin on the lake or that, that cottage in the mountains, maybe if I buy that downtown condo, my life will be complete. That'll bring me peace. Maybe if I'll try some, some new things, bungee jumping, whitewater rafting, whatever it is. Maybe some people go so far as to switch their spouse. They trade up their spouse. And, and some people, they even add a little bit of religion. Any of these new things to try and make themselves feel complete, to feel whole. And on this adventure of trying to com be complete in this life, they realize, you know what, life is a roller coaster, up and down and around, and, and inevitably they find out along the way there are still pieces missing. They still don't feel complete. They don't feel whole. And now, for a second, let us think of what that word means, complete. What does it mean to be complete? To be complete means, first of all, somebody needs to have all the pieces. And they need to be able to put all those pieces together the right way. And one of the biggest problems I've seen with this in terms of relationships is that for many of us, we fall in the trap of putting this expectation upon another human being to complete us, to make us whole. It's because we're thinking that they will make us feel whole. They will make us feel complete. And it's not uncommon, but it's essentially saying that you need that other person to hold all the pieces, and you need that other person to put them all together in the right way. You need them to be there at every moment and, and correct all of your wrongs and, 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 and to fight every battle and, and to always be there for you. I need you to complete every inadequacy, all my shortcomings. It's a lot of pressure for one person, don't you think? Yeah. And what people do is they find out the hard way that there is no person, there's no Mr. Right or Mrs. Right that's going to be able to live up to those expectations that we place on them. And there are a few things that will happen as a result of this. They'll either get really bitter in this relationship, and bitterness always leads to resentment, or they're going to realize the impossibility of any one person actually being able to complete you or make you whole. Or they just go out again and they continue this search of trying to find somebody who can make them feel complete. And the search is in vain. Because it's like chasing after the wind. You won't be able to catch it because there's only one way that exists in this world for you to be complete. For you to be whole. So, what is it that we need to be complete? Well, this morning, the Apostle Paul is going to answer that question for us today in the New Testament letter to the Colossians. And we are in chapter 2, and here's what the Apostle Paul writes to these new believers at the Church of Colossae. In him, in him, speaking of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our King, our Savior, in him, you will be complete. You will be made whole. In him, that means... That our position before our creator, our father God in heaven, before him, we have all been made complete in his son, Jesus Christ. And now keep in mind the context here at the Church of Colossae is that these are new Christians. They're new to the faith. They haven't been following the gospel very long. 
And if you go to our website online, thornhillbaptistchurch.com, we have all our sermons online. If you'd like to catch up uh, to how we got to this section here this morning, uh, you can click on the tab that says sermons and listen to any sermons. And the context right now is that the Apostle Paul has just finished teaching a whole section about protecting and guarding your hearts against spiritual deception. And so now he's about to go even deeper about guarding your life against deception and false teaching. And right in the middle of this, he brings up this idea of completeness. Now, why on earth would he do that? Why would he jump out to this idea of being complete while he's in the middle of teaching us about guarding our lives against deception? Well, here it is. Because there's still a lot of Christians who still think that they need to have something else other than Jesus to make their life complete. And if that describes where you are this morning, if that's you today, then you better be aware. You need to be on guard because you're opened up for all kinds of deception around you. You see, in the church at Colossae, these false teachers were creeping in amongst the believers at the church. And they were starting to convince some of these new Christians that they needed more than just Jesus to be for salvation and to live a healthy Christian life. And when these Colossians, or you and me for that matter, when we start to think that we need more than Jesus to be whole, to be complete, then we're in trouble. So this section of scripture we're unpacking here this morning is fully set up on what you believe in faith. I've said before that there are some Sunday messages that we just come out and we tell you that the application for you starting next week is we need you to do this. Or this Monday at school or at your job, we want you to do this or that. Maybe Pastor Ken will say that this is what we got to do this week to apply this message to our lives. And, and a lot of times... Uh, we do that. It, we try to, some of the teachings. We see how it plays out in our lives. But here in this section, the letter to the Colossians here, what we're needing to apply is believe in faith. But it sounds a little harder than that. It's not easy to believe in faith sometimes. And we even see that because throughout Scripture, even the followers of Jesus are asking Christ to help them with their unbelief, help them with their faith. I mean, we're human, we struggle, you know, and, and we question and we're like, do I really believe in all this Christianity? Do I believe in the gospel or do I not believe in it? Is there somewhere deep down that I am really a follower of Christ? Is it in there or am I just playing a Christian? Am I just acting? No, maybe I'm still seeking or maybe I'm still searching. But for a lot of us, we have this idea in our minds that we have faith. And that's great, but in those dark moments when you're alone and life is challenging as Art was leading with prayer and, and tough things happen, what happens when doubts come in? When you start to see some holes and some gaps in the Bible that you're reading or some things that the pastor is teaching, what happens then? It's in those moments that we find that we discover we might not have as solid of a faith as we thought we did. Or that we think we should have. And when Christians don't know what they have in Christ. Or what they have in a relationship with Jesus. When Christians are still searching for someone else. Or something more than Christ to bring completeness. They're in danger. They're in danger of what we find here in verse number 8. That is being taken captive by philosophy and empty deception. 
And then we realize that Jesus, when we realize that Jesus can be there for us in every moment, that Jesus has all the pieces, that he is the only one who can put them together in the right way, he knows our greatest needs, he can fill those deepest needs, and we realize that he is the only one who can bring us completeness to make us whole. And we realize that, then we're free to enjoy all of the abundance that life has to offer because we're complete. And that's not saying that marriage or kids or a great education or your dream job or a new car, new house, that those things can't make life enjoyable because they do. Of course they do. And last weekend, like I mentioned, was Thanksgiving. And many of us got together with family and friends, and we gave thanks to God for all those blessings. But what I want us to understand here this morning is that all of these things are great, but these things cannot make your life complete unless Jesus is there first. Until Jesus has become the number one in our lives, we're always going to be searching. We're always going to be looking for that next person to fulfill us, to complete us, or the next thing to make us feel like life is complete now. So if you are struggling with that this morning, let it end here today. As you walk out, know that in your relationship with Jesus, you have everything you need. The foundation is set. No more thinking that if you just get that guy or this girl or, or if you have this, then you'll be made whole. No matter what Hollywood tries to attempt us to fool us into thinking that Jerry Maguire or marrying Bridget Jones will not complete us. No more believing that if the Stampeders or the Flames win just one more championship, we will be made complete. It's like the sign I saw at the Cubs game on TV. The guy said, just one championship, one championship, then I can die. No. No more fooling yourselves into thinking, if I get this job, this promotion, this raise, I'll be fulfilled. I'll have peace. And I know that it's tough because we live in a materialistic, consumer-driven culture. And we're all a part of it. But I'm asking you, stop being deceived into thinking that if you get that new Mustang or, or that new MacBook, iPhone, whatever it is, money to build and design your own house with the white little picket fence and get that cabin out at the lake, and it won't fulfill you. So if you have your Bible today... Let's take a moment to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, and let's read together verse 33. Now, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, but I've looked at this verse in a number of English translations, and they all pretty much read the same. So, starting with the NASB, it goes like this, verse 33. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If that verse is not highlighted or underlined yet in your Bible, make sure you do that this morning, because that is the foundation for all of us. And I wanted to read a couple other translations too. This one's from the New Living Translation, and it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. 
or from the voice. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you. If that's the only thing that you remember from this morning's message, Matthew 6.33, take that home and let it be that. Because in order to enjoy the abundance of all the wonderful things that God does have planned for us, it all begins with Jesus and the relationship with God through him. And that's where the truth of where completeness can be found. We are made whole when we come to Christ as Lord, as King, as Savior. And we don't need anything else, anything but Jesus and Jesus alone. We need to know that. The Colossians needed to know that. And those new believers at Colossae were blessed enough to have the great Apostle Paul. And we too uh, are blessed to have his teachings with us this morning. So as we jump into this text, we want to pray that it actually sinks in. And sometimes we just need to be reminded that it all begins with Christ. And it's Christ and Christ alone. As we close off the service, we're going to have a moment of meditation. We'll have a special song just to think for a moment before we leave that once we have Jesus, we have all that we need. So I'm going to read again the first two chapters here, or the first two verses of chapter 2. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world. For in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, you have been made complete. So let's start with that there, my friends. And in verse 8, we see that Paul addresses this big concern that, the, that he has for the Colossians and for you and me. He's concerned that Christians are going to be enslaved again. Do you underline that word captive? Because he wants to teach us that before our relationship in Christ, we are all slaves to sin. Satan, evil, everything that comes with being apart from Jesus, selfishness, lying, cheating, arrogance, mistakes, bad choices, trying to be good enough, fill in the blank with whatever life was like before you met Jesus. And once you are in Christ... You are now in a relationship with God, and you are following Jesus' way and his teaching. He sets you free from being a slave to sin, because you have the power of God's Holy Spirit living inside of you, and that gives you the power to overcome your old sinful life. If you look at the verses 13 and 14 of chapter 1 in Colossians, he says, I rescued you from the domain of darkness and transferred you to the kingdom of my beloved son in whom you have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. So we know that we're free because the Bible teaches us we're free over and over. And Paul's concern and my concern and Pastor Ken's concern is not only that we'll know we're free, but that we will live and act like we're free. Paul said something very similar to this in the letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verse 1. If you want to flip over to there, Galatians chapter 5. Those of you who have your Bible, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. He's saying the same thing here. It was for freedom that Jesus Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. 
Galatians 5.1. Now, look at those two statements. The last part of our verse this morning says, or the last part of that one says, don't be subject again to the yoke of slavery. And then our verse this morning says, see to it that no one takes you captive. And they're both saying the same thing. Freed people can still live like they're in slavery. Our Thursday night Bible study with the young adults this week, we were going through the life of Moses and the Israelites in Egypt under Pharaoh, and we saw that life is difficult when you're living in slavery, especially to a wicked dictator. So, my friends, if you don't know who you are in Christ, and if you don't know what you have in a relationship with Jesus, you may end up living like you're a slave to sin. You can live your life thinking you're a victim of circumstances opposed to walking in the victory that we have with him. And that's why this message is so powerful and important for us. Because we got to know it. We got to believe it. We got to let it sink in. And what we find here is Paul starting off this in verse 8 with this warning. He urges them to see to it. And when you look at the the commentaries and study the original Greek, see to it is in the present tense. And it means to continue, to keep going, constantly see to it, continually see to it, keep on seeing to it. My friends, there's never a time in your Christian life where you're spiritually mature enough, you, you've attended Bible college, you've got the degrees hanging on the wall, there's never a time in your life where you don't need to continue to see to it that these things don't happen. And what is the teaching that we need to see to it that doesn't happen? Well, he says right here, see to it that nobody takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. In other words, day after day, year after year, and decade after decade, he says continue to see to it because there will be times in our life where if we're not careful, and we don't continue to see to it. We haven't been to church in a while. We stopped going to Bible study. Haven't prayed in a while. And in these moments, the enemy can make you believe that you are not what the Bible says you are in Christ. And the enemy of our souls can make us feel like we're defeated. And we don't have any more hope. And that's why we're taught here by Paul to see to it. Constantly see to it. Make sure you continuously see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deception. So remember, walk in the freedom that Jesus gives us. It would be one thing if you didn't know what you have in Christ, if you didn't have the Bible to look that up, and it would be another thing if you didn't care what you have in Christ, but we do have God's word. We have the Bible right there for all of us. And when you realize you're complete in him, you're not going to walk in defeat. But you need to ask yourself the question, do you believe what the Word of God declares to be true about you? Pastor Gary used to say, hold up the Bible, and he would say that, uh, I believe everything in this Word, what it says I am in Jesus Christ, and I can do everything that this Word says I can do. And my friends, I can't say it enough, this is all, it all begins with faith. It all starts with faith. It's about coming to terms with what God says about who you are. And it's found right here in, in his word. 
And if you can make peace with the truth about what God says about you and your relationship with Christ, then you're going to find yourselves feeling, sensing, experiencing completeness. And now the false teachers in this area that were after these new Christians... Or let's go back to verse 8. My bad. We're going to go into the philosophy and traditions of man. All right. So we've talked in earlier sermons about the persuasive arguments that they were trying to fool these new Christians into believing. And now Paul brings up the idea of philosophy. And the definition of philosophy is the love of and the application of wisdom and knowledge. And here's one that I found this week. Figuratively speaking... Philosophy is simply the doodling of thoughts, the same way that someone doodles on their notebook or they bring a pen and a piece of paper, they draw little circles and squares and anything like that. Philosophy is like that too. It doesn't have to be the Mona Lisa or a blueprint or anything like that. It's just doodling. And like philosophy, there doesn't have to be an answer in mind because there is no goal. It, the discussion is part of the process. And having possibilities is what philosopher philosophy and philosophers like it could be this it could be that but really it's just the doodling of the mind and what the apostle paul is warning of us here is and the colossians as well is not to be taken captive by the philosophies of these false teachers and many people do get led astray by false teaching and philosophy Here's, here's one if you haven't heard. This is the good one. If you pursue wisdom and knowledge, it does not always lead to Jesus. But if you pursue Jesus, it will always lead to wisdom and knowledge. And we know that because the Bible teaches us that. The letter to the Colossians says that the fullness of wisdom and knowledge is found in him, in Jesus and so the pursuit of philosophy without Jesus in mind will open us up to deception. If all you're looking for is more information, Satan, our enemy, he's the one who wants to see us lost and hopeless. He wants our worship. He wants to keep us distracted from following Jesus. So he'll give us more information. He's okay with our minds wondering about world religions and ancient philosophies and Traditions of antiquity and philosophies. In fact, Satan is okay with giving us extra information even about God. Just as long as it stays on the intellectual side. And I know this because when I was at Bible college, I had a tough time trying to figure out in pursuit of higher Christian education. You know, I was trying to figure out in writing papers about God and studying theology and turning my relationship with the Lord into a project. If I wanted to get an A+, I would think about the professor and how to write so he would mark me good. And God became a project just to study. And so my intimate relationship with God kind of disintegrated. And I was excited when I graduated Bible college because then I could read the books I wanted to read and God wasn't a project anymore. And it's possible to study God, study theology, and yet miss an intimate relationship with the Lord. In fact, it's part of the plan of the enemy to give us information and knowledge about God and to keep it on the intellectual side alone. Colossians chapter 8 verse 1 says that knowledge puffs us up with pride. 
So if all you're after is knowledge, no problem. Satan will make sure that you get enough of it. So again, we need to be careful we're not taken captive by philosophy or empty deception. This is Paul's warning to us. He doesn't want us to step backwards in our spiritual growth. He wants us to keep moving forward. So you are complete once you have Jesus, and the rest of the journey is figuring out what are the blessings and the benefits of knowing Christ as our Lord and our Savior. There is nothing else in this life that can make us any better or any closer to God than what we have right now with Jesus. There's no more secret, hidden information that you don't already have. Paul says, don't listen to it. Don't even go near it. Just stay away from it. You're already complete in Christ. And that's not to say that it's not good to have a spouse or a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband or wife. It's not good to have a family. It's not wonderful to enjoy your job. But what Paul is saying is that all of those things, it doesn't matter how much you have if Jesus is not the one to make you complete. Those things can make a good life enjoyable, but they'll never make a good life satisfied. Jesus and Jesus alone will do that. He is what completes us. So let's close with this, and I'll get uh, the uh, Montanez brothers to come up and close with a song. But ask this question. What do we need to know in order to avoid deception and to experience completeness in Christ? Truth number one. And if you get this one, my friends, it will open the door for a blessing of being able to enjoy life from the foundation that Jesus gives you everything that you need. How do we know that we can avoid deception and experience completeness in Christ? We are complete in Christ because Christ is completely God. We are complete in Christ because Christ is completely God. It comes right from verse 9. For in him... The fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, verse 10, you have been made complete. So I think what we'll do is we'll close there, and I'll invite up Isaiah, Isaac, Isaac, Ira, and we're going to sing a song, and it's called A Closer Walk With Thee. So a lot of the music we've had this morning with the choir and, our, and Jason and the team singing, and even Joseph has talked about walking with Christ. Yeah, come on up, guys, and take this time, just as the guys are singing, to remind yourselves that when we have Jesus, we have everything we need to enjoy this life, to live this life with purpose and with meeting, and especially with joy. But it all begins with Christ and Christ alone. There you are, my friend. Thou art strong Jesus keeps me from all
close to Thee. Just a closer walk with Thee.